0: Genesis chapter 12 this morning. Thank you platform workers and musicians. Hallelujah. Thank God. Genesis chapter 12. If I asked the question, who wants to be blessed? Right, we'd all want to be blessed. But if I asked you the question, what is the blessing of God or how can that be seen in someone's life I would get a myriad of answers I would get a number of answers that one would say a fat bank account that would be the blessing of God that if I had lots of money and money would be considered part of the blessing of God But it's not all there is to the blessing of God. Because Paul writes, he says, I've learned to live with abundance and I've learned to live in need. So that's not all there is to the blessing of God. Some might say a good relationship, a good marriage, a good healthy uh, body, a nice uh, you know, uh, enough to meet my need. There would be a myriad of answers when it comes to the blessing of God. That people would have. Some people would point to something they don't have. I don't have the blessing of God because I don't have X, Y, or Z in my life. And as we examine the blessing of God, it is very interesting to look at all the dynamics out of abraham's life now the word blessing shows up quite a bit in the book of genesis it began in the very beginning where god created the days and he blessed them and so right from the beginning we get the understanding pre-curse pre-sin god's nature is to bless And I don't think when he blessed the day that meant that uh, Sunday had a big bank account and that, uh, you know, good health and uh, was going to get along well with Saturday and Monday, his neighbors. I had a feeling that it means far more than that. That if something physical could be blessed, if something intangible like a day could be blessed, then maybe we're not looking at the blessing of God correctly to understand all the dynamics that God wants to do. And there's no way in one sermon, and I believe there's actually no way in one person's life that they're going to understand all the dynamics of the blessing of God. But I do believe that in Abraham's life, we can gather much of why God really does want to bless our lives. Genesis 12, the covenant with Abraham. And it says, And the Lord said to Abram, this is before he changed his name to Abraham, Leave your native country and your relatives and your father's family and go into a land that I will show you. I will make you a, into a great nation. I will bless you. And make you famous and you will be a blessing to others and I will bless those who bless you And I will curse those who treat you with contempt And all the families of the earth will be blessed Through you now that word blessed or blessing is used throughout Abraham. I'm going to bless you I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to cause you to be a blessing I'm going to curse those who curse you, but the thought of the thought call there is that there's lots of aspects of the blessing. Abraham will be blessed. His family will be blessed. God will bless those that bless him. All the nations of the earth will be blessed. There's something about what God is saying to this man that brings out all the dynamics of blessing that we need to look at. And the first thing that I think that causes blessing that we have to understand is obedience. He says, first and foremost, get out of your land, out of your native country, your relative's house, into a land that I will show you. I'm calling you to go somewhere. This is the number one probably hindrance to blessing is letting go of the old. The old attitudes the old sins, the old uh, uh, lifestyles that would hinder us from having the blessing of God. Leaving the old is so often hard for us because it's familiar. There is a term in politics that is used, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. And the thought there is, as bad as this leader might be, The next one might be worse, so we better just stick with what we know and what we can anticipate. That's not true in just politics. That's true in a lot of areas of life. There's people who hang on to the old. They hang on to those attitudes. They hang on to the old securities. They won't let go of the things that make them feel like uh, at least it's familiar. Jesus comes across fishermen in Mark chapter 1. One day he's walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee and he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting, uh, throwing nets into the water for they fished for a living. And Jesus called to them and said, Come and follow me and I will show you. How to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him and a little further up the shore. Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in the boat repairing their nets and he called to them at once and they followed him leaving their fathers, uh, leaving their nets. Zebedee in the boat with the hired men leaving things or getting away from the old ways that are hindering us from being blessed. These can be mindsets. These can be habits, like I mentioned, uh, priorities of life that can hold back the blessing of God, hold back what God wants to do and help us. And so when we do not leave some of those old ways, Peter wrote it this way, First Peter 4, 3 and 4. You've had enough time in your past of the evil things and the godless people enjoy. The immorality, the lust, their feasting, their drunkenness and wild parties. Their terrible worship of idols. And of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of their wild and destructive things as they do. So they slander you. He says, you know what, the old life says, if you want to be blessed, the first thing you have to do is leave the sin, leave the things that are destroying you. That's going to be number one. He's called out. You're not going to be blessed. This is why just having a fat bank account isn't necessarily the blessing of God, because there's lots of sinners that are miserable and cursed who might have a lot of money. So it's got to be more than that second thing that I think helps us to enter into the blessing of God is faith. Abraham is known as the father of our faith. What God has called him to do takes faith. Hebrews 11 and verse 8 says, and it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave his home and to go into another land, that God would give him into as an inheritance. He went not knowing Where he was going. Matthew Henry said of this, by the precepts he was tried whether he could trust God further than he saw him. He must leave his own country and go into a land that God would show him. He does not say the land that will be uh, given you freely, or merely just the land that I will show you at first, is what God says. Nor does he tell him that the land was uh, what the land was, where it was, what kind of land it was. But he must follow God in faith, and it take him at his word, in the general thought. He has no particular security that it is given him. No, uh, no assurity that he would not lose by leaving his own country to follow God. The great enemy to the blessing of God many times is ease and security. Ease and security. If I just stay here, there's no thought here that Abraham wouldn't have had a decent life. But there's something about venturing into the unease, the difference. When we move to Lithuania, We had a lot of learning to do. We had to learn a new city with street signs I couldn't pronounce. Traffic signs I didn't understand. I'll talk a little bit more about that tonight, but after 11 years, it became very familiar. And then we did it again. We moved to Ireland which at least we could speak the language and read the signs, but we had to drive on the wrong side of the road. My wife wouldn't drive for the first three months. Her only request was that we didn't get a standard because she didn't want to learn how to, have to learn how to shift with her left hand. She, you know, she could do it with her right hand. She drove lots of standards in Lithuania, and even before we left the States, we owned two standards. But, uh, but she didn't want to learn how to shift with her left hand and, and all that. Thank God the pedals are on the same side. That would have been very bad if they switched the pedals around. But Adventures. Faith is believing God for what's best when you can't see it. This is why when God asks us by faith to do something, to enter in, He doesn't always tell us how it's going to work out. In our text, he doesn't promise Abraham the land. He just says, I'll show it to you. Later, he says, look to the north, south, east, and west. This is the land I will give you. God's speaking in dealings. This is when God deals with us in different ways. The first part of obedience, first part of blessing is obedience to God. Deuteronomy 11 26 through 28, Look, today I'm giving you a choice between blessing and curse. If you will be blessed, you will obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, that I am giving you today. But you will be cursed if you reject the commandments of the Lord, your God, and turn away from Him and worship the gods that you have not known before. It says here's the blessing is obedience. The one God speaks to us about prayer about giving about witnessing about doing something for him that we need to obey him it's linked to our blessing we know that malachi says if you don't pay your tithe you're under a curse he says the whole nation's under curse but if you'll obey me in tithes and offerings i'll open a window of heaven pour out a blessing upon you that you won't have room enough to take in the only place put me to the test Isaiah 30 verse 21 your own ear will hear him right behind you a voice will say this way you should go whether it is to the right or to the left God will promise you direction if you'll obey him he will help you to then obey him more He'll help you to begin to believe him more. Because the promise in our text is if you'll obey, blessing. I'll bless you. I'll bless those who bless you. You will be a blessing. I will bless the whole earth. I mean, that's pretty profound. That's not just like a chew. God bless you. I mean, it's not that way. It's not like a politician's end of a speech. God bless the United States of America. You know, it is profound because God is saying that. I will bless you. Let's think about this. Because the promise of blessing has to do with the issue of divine favor in your life. Divine favor in your life. And that goes beyond always tangibles. It can go into every area. Your marriage can be blessed. You might not have two cents to rub together, but your marriage can be blessed. Your children can be blessed. Your business place can be blessed. I've shared before, and it's profound to me, but I worked for, uh, when I pioneered in Falmouth, I was there for one year. I worked for a company for one year. That year was their most profitable year. I found out later, when I went back a number of years later, ever. Had to do with just some a contract that they had gotten with NATO and, and that all NATO ships would carry the same tracking devices because Iran was laying mines in the Gulf of Omar. And so uh, as a result, NATO was going to have this throughout. And so we sold it to all the navies in NATO. Never had an opportunity to do anything like that again. Most profitable year. you will be blessed that's the first promise you'll be blessed you'll have divine favor in your life second samuel 6:12 says and then king david was told the lord has blessed obed Eben's house for and everything that he has because the ark of the gods uh, ark because of the ark of god so david went there and brought the ark of uh, ark of God from the house of Obadiah to the city of uh, David with a great celebration. It is believed that it was only at Obadiah's house for three months. That, but it was—we don't know. And I've ministered on this before. We don't know exactly all the tangibles. Jewish tradition says it might have been multiples of eight. Because it talks about 64 descendants from Obed Edom. That's how they come up with that. The chickens didn't lay one egg, they laid eight eggs. Uh, you know, yeah, pray is You know, maybe it had to only be three months so his wife didn't get pregnant. Octeplets is tough. But the understanding there is there was a noticeable and tangible blessing upon Obed Edom. What God is saying is that the blessing of God is when God gets involved in our lives and puts his hand on it. And that can be in the realm of finances, but that also can be in the realm of many other things. The blessing of God, a tangible understanding. Could be in your job. Isaac, Is blessed in in Genesis twenty six twelve and when Isaac planted his crops that year he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted for the Lord had blessed him. This is actually a time of famine. Famine had been in the land. There's people. There's struggle, and yet God blesses this man, and he prospers in his work. He prospers in his ability that it was not linked at all to the circumstances around him. God's blessing is not linked to circumstances. That you can break certain curses in your life. That you don't have to live like others. You don't have to be divorced or immoral or anything like that. You can have the blessing of God. Joseph, the Bible says, was blessed, although he ends up in slavery, although he ends up in jail, but God was with him everywhere he went, and God, I think, had to put him in jail, because if he had ever escaped from Potiphar, he would have run back to the land and not been able to save the world, really, at that time. See, we need the presence of God. We need it more than just in church. We need it in our lives throughout. He says this comes, of course, by grace. Romans 4, 1 through 8, and Abraham, humanly speaking, is the founder of the Jewish nation. And what he did... Uh, Discover about being made right with God if his good deeds made him acceptable to God We would he would have had something to boast about but it was not God's way for the scripture tells us that Abraham believed God And God counted it for righteousness because of his faith When people work their wages are not a gift They have something they have earned but people are counted righteous, not because of their works, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. David also spoke when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteousness without working for it. Oh, what joy for those who do, whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out from their sight. Yes, what joy for those who record the words of the Lord have has cleared their sins. God says, I'm looking for faith. He says, not only will you be blessed, but I will bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who speak contempt and bad about you. God says, I'm going to then move that those people will be blessed. Jesus said, if you give a cup of water to a righteous man in a righteous man's name, you will have a righteous man's reward. If you bless a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will have a prophet's reward. He says here, linking these understandings, that when you bless, you will be blessed. When others bless you, Paul records in Acts 20, he says, For the Lord said it is more blessed to give than to receive. What's interesting, if you search the Gospels, you won't actually find that. It's not actually recorded by Mark, Luke, Matthew, or John. But what's interesting is the spirit is, the spirit of what Paul is quoting Jesus of saying, that people will bless you. This company I mentioned before that was blessed they you know they had given me four raises in one year which is unheard of It's incredible just the way it worked out and just how they were gave me favor I showed up to my church one Sunday morning our gas me I don't know how but our gas stopped flowing to our particular unit our church was freezing I called my boss. I'm like, hey, we got a bunch of electric heaters at work. Can I borrow them for Sunday? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Use the van. So not only did I, I didn't have to put them in my car. I could use the company van to bring them to church. And I brought the van, set them all up, got the building weeded Sunday night, put them all back in the van, drove them back, uh, and uh, drove. I think I drove the van into work Sunday morning, uh, Monday morning, and my wife picked me up. Grace is unmerited or unearned favor of God. It's where the blessing flows from. Those who bless you, and it goes on to say you will be a blessing, not only to those around you, but eventually to the entire earth. I don't know the exact quote, but I know that when Pastor Greg had to make the tombstone for his his father and mother. He just simply put on it their life's mission was to bless others. And that they did. Their obedience. He told me the story of when they moved to Canada. And I know Pastor Greg is sharing some of these stories, but how... He's got four kids in the car. Pastor Greg is not born yet. Got four girls. They're driving up to Canada. He said it was amazing. He could get across. He had a letter on the letterhead of the church that he was taking over in in British Columbia. Showed it to the Canadian border guard, and the Canadian border guard waved him through. But he had like two hundred fifty dollars in his pocket, and his transmission blew out, and he had two hundred dollars when he arrived in Canada. I mean, he had spent $200 on the transmission. He had $50 to make the trip, arriving in Canada. Didn't always have it always great. One of my favorite pictures of him is in Oregon, shoveling the snow off the flat roof of the building. This is the man who would become a major blessing to all our lives. We're blessed today because he obeyed God and went to Prescott. Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold, but that which I have I will give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. Peter says, I may not have all, but I can still be a blessing. I can still bless others. Let's talk about also part of the blessing is the promise of the future. So many people today live without any real promise of future. They're working, they may have their house and their 401k and their IRA and their whole plan of the future, but they don't really have a purpose. They get up, they go to work, that's it. I believe part of the blessing of God is that God has your future in mind. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. What's very interesting about that is if you read that in context, they've just gone into exile. They're going to be there for 70 years. They're going to be in Babylon for, for, uh, because of their disobedience. Uh, they're going to be, and God says, you know what, I still have a future and a hope for you. He's not saying, forget you guys. I am done with you. Go into exile. Be banished forever. He doesn't say that. He's got a future. Sometimes our futures don't, look at all good. There's been a number of times in my life where my future looked very unstable, very insecure, not knowing how things were going to work out at all. But the promise here in the blessing of God is God's always at work for you. He's going to help you. That's the blessing of God. Romans four, sixteen through nineteen, and so the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we all concern uh, are, all are certain to receive it, whether we, uh, wh- whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have the faith like Abraham, for Abraham is the father of those who believe. That is what the scripture means when God told him, "I have made you the father of many nations." This happened because Abraham believed in God, who was able to bring back the dead or create new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason to hope, Abraham kept hoping. He believed that he would become the father of many nations, for God had said to him, "That's how your descendants. Uh, that's how many descendants you will have." And Abraham's faith did not weaken, although he was a hundred years of age, and he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Said, you know what? It didn't even look good. It wasn't humanly calculatable. You couldn't work this out. You couldn't manipulate things. There was nothing... There are times where, you know, you've got to use wisdom and try to figure out and do things, and that's great. But but in this particular case, there was nothing Abraham could do. In vitro fertilization was a few centuries away. Abraham, at a critical point in his life, said, I'm not going to take this momentary setback as the defining moment of my future. Say that again. I'm not going to take this temporary setback as a defining moment of my future. The promises to him were fruitfulness and influence. I will make you a great nation. He's speaking to a couple a couple that is childless. They have no children. John fifteen, sixteen, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. That you should go and produce lasting fruit, that your father will give you whatever you ask for using my name he also said in this text I will make your name great three different religions point to Abraham as a father many nations throughout the Middle East point to Abraham as a father his name is great we still speak about it thousands of years later We've had, I think we're up to 46 presidents. There are numbers of them that I can't name. And I can name a few like Polk and have no, no clue, none. What party he belonged to, what he did, was he good, was he bad? I have no idea. Right? Men of their moment who were influential, kings and emperors, well, we're still talking about Abraham. The honor and the influence that God will give us. First Samuel 2, speaking to a... This is Hannah's song. It says the Lord makes some poor and others rich, he brings down and he lifts up... He lifts up the poor from the dust and the needy from the uh, garbage dump. He sets them among princes and places them at seats of honor... For all the earth is the Lord's and he has set the world in order. God has the ability to lift up from the lowest, from the garbage dump. Second Samuel 5.10, David and David became more and more powerful for the Lord God was with him. The God of heaven's armies. Think about that the shepherd boy, who was forgotten by his father when the prophet Samuel said, let's have a dinner with your family. God is telling Abraham here, you're going to go further than you can imagine. I'm going to bless your life beyond what you could ever imagine, what you would have ever accomplished on your own that promises to us Romans 4:16 6, we read it before but it says in the promises received by faith it is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it whether or not we live according to the law of Moses but if we have faith like Abraham's for he is the father of all who believe can you believe God for his blessing on your life. You'll be obedient. You'll do what he asks you to do. You'll act in faith. But you can know God's blessing and tangible hand can be on your life if you'll simply say, God, I'm believing you for it. I want the blessing. And that may not be a fat bank account. That might not be you know, the latest and greatest tech, no things that are out there. But that might be a blessed marriage, relationships, a roof over your head, all these kinds of things that you go, you know what, that's the blessing of God that I want. That's what God has for my life. And I want to be that. So I can have influence and be a blessing to others. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. You're here first and foremost. Maybe you're here and you're not right with God. Sin brings a curse. Sin and disobedience bring a curse to people's lives that causes great problems. Sin, Bible says, is the the payment, the end of sin is death. It murders bodies. Minds, futures, finances. Sin has a horrible effect on people's lives. The good news is Jesus died for your sins. He shed his blood to forgive you of all sins that would try to come and dominate your life. You can be set free. And maybe you're here this Evening, you're not right. This morning, you're not right with God. You're not saved. You're not born again. But Jesus Christ wants to help you. He wants to move in your life. He wants to change you. He wants to do a miracle for you. And you're not right with God. You're not saved or you're back, so then You want prayer. I wonder if you'd slip up your hand. Pray for me. I need to get my heart right with God. Anyone at all. Changing the call then to Christians. Faith and obedience mixed with the grace of God bring the blessing of God. Can you believe God even if things don't look good for you at the moment? Don't let a temporary or a momentary situation or problem define your future. God wants to do a miracle. He wants to help us. He wants to bless us. That is the nature of the God we serve. Let's all stand. We're going to open up these altars, allow people to find a place to talk to God and pray as we sing a song. more time for he is Lord for he is begin to worship Him and give Him praise. Father, we love You, God. We glorify You. We seek You, Lord. We glorify Your name. Hallelujah.